the free for all roundtable round two on round two this morning, let's say good morning to Bob Reed, principal at BroadwayStrategy.com, the guy behind Touchdowns and Fumbles, which is heard on Fridays on the Jerry Agar Show. Tamara Cherry is here with Pickup Communications and Lindsay Broadhead, strategic communications and public affairs advisor. For obvious reasons, we return to a topic we've talked about on the show before, but I had my own personal brush with it yesterday. And you may have heard some of the callers who said that they're, you know, they're so worried they don't want to get on the TTC because of violence and uh, visible drug use and other stuff like that. Then we heard from a mom who said, I have a teenager and I've taught him how to treat somebody with a stab wound. Uh, Lindsay Broadhead, uh, not exactly uh, good for tourist attraction or good for business in the downtown core when people are too afraid to travel on the TTC. No, I mean, one of the reasons we know people come to Toronto, the big conventions, um, the the big investments from companies is, uh, you know, it's 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 not actually uh, just certain amenities. It's the safety. It's the X factor that Toronto has always been known for, the kindness, um, the the community based uh, nature of the city. So it's it's that X factor that's um, at play here. Um, so I'm a applauding uh, people like Brad Bradford uh, and other candidates for moving forward with solutions. Uh, we need to get to the uh, let's get her done phase of this discussion because um, optics matter here. As, as all your colleagues just said, optics matter as much as the reality. We need people to use the TTC and the only way that's going to happen is if they feel safe. Yeah, Tamara Cherry, if we're going to sort of do what New York did in the 70s into the 80s in trying to clean up the downtown and make it safe enough and change people's impressions, it's going to be a job. Yeah, absolutely. And when we think about what's going on on the TTC right now, I really think that this is this is uh, this has been a slow burn throughout the pandemic as people were displaced from their regular support systems and whatnot. A lot of people moved on to the transit system. So I I really like uh, as Lindsay just said, I I like to hear that Brad Bradford and others are including this on their platform. You know. I sort of rolled my eyes when I started reading the list of things that he was promising. The subway platform doors, cell service, increased security. They all sound great, but they don't get to the root of the problem. But then I really liked his idea of a dedicated mobile crisis intervention team or dedicated mobile crisis intervention teams in the subway system. And then just on on that note, I, I was Googling around this morning and saw a program I hadn't heard of yet, and that, that was just announced a couple of weeks ago, that the TTC and City of Toronto have officially partnered with a community services organization to deploy more outreach workers. So I like to hear about stuff like that, and I think we need to do more of that, but we can't expect fixes overnight. Bob Reed, it was coincidental that Brad Bradford was talking about subway and TTC safety yesterday, but the timing was uh, magic for him. I mean, he phoned me to talk about something and I told him what happened and it, you know, it just everything overlapped. And more and more, this is this is what's happening in the city, that more and more people know more and more people who have had a direct experience or, or someone close to them has uh, with trouble on the transit system. And that's why it's become such a, a front of mind issue, not not just in media conversations, but, uh, you know, neighbor to neighbor over the back fence. This is what people are talking about. So, yeah, every mayoral candidate is going to have to have a, a, a good and solid 
answer to what are you going to do about transit safety? What are you going to do about community safety in general in the city? It has become a front burner issue just in time for this campaign, which is great because as Tamara just went through, there, there are some, some good ideas being, being kicked around. There are some uh, multifaceted approaches being discussed, which is, which is what this is going to take. The question is going to come down to who will Torontonians view as most credible to be able to actually deliver on it, to actually get some things done. Because there's a lot of talk going on, but we're not we're not seeing the rubber hit the road on actually making changes that might uh, that, that might help with all of this. There is possibly some overlap with our next topic, which would be that the Daily Fred Food Bank says in 40 years they've never been serving as many clients. And tomorrow I'll start with you on this one. It tells you everything you need to know about the cost of living in the GTA, that a third of the people who are using this particular food bank and its other outlets are fully employed. They have full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I agree, John. There's absolutely overlap with with the last uh, segment or the last topic. Um, listen, this is this is nothing new. Um, we've been hearing this sort of thing since you know well into the pandemic. Um, the food bank, like bless their souls are, you know, they're, they're keeping the story fresh, but this has been at a crisis point for a long time. Um, I, the food bank would like to see a return of the provincially funded top up to social assistance recipients. Um, I, I agree with that. I think that there is a top up needed. I know that the provincial government, um, is pointing to the fact that, um, the Ontario Disability Support Program um, will be tied to inflation beginning in July, but I think that we need something that is more immediate because people are in crisis right now. Bob Reed, your thoughts? Well, it's 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 a conundrum, right? Because. Yeah, in the pandemic, the food banks were saying we're, we're seeing demand like we've never seen before. Well, now the pandemic's over. People are going back to work. And as you just mentioned, John, uh, one third of the users of, of the Daily Bread Food Bank are full time employed. So, you know, the, there's the. There are the, 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 the crisis moments that come along that, you know, uh, that, that magnify the challenges of, uh, of, of food instability and, and related issues. But uh, the, the, the fact that it's, it's, it's seeming to be systemic now is, is a, 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 different, a different twist on this ongoing challenge, I think. I, I don't know what the, what the answers are, but uh, it, it if, if if people are working full time and still going to the food bank, then it, it doesn't square with saying we need to raise social assistance rates. I mean, yeah, that's a segment that that could use some help as well. And as Tamara said, the the province is making adjustments in, in that in that regard as well. But it it seems to be a a far bigger issue than just that. Let's jump to a different topic. I'll start with you, Lindsay Broadhead, on this one. A man in Kingsville dressed up as the Easter Bunny and went to a public park where he handed out goodie bags. Finally, the cops asked him what he was up to, and then they made him take the bunny head off. And he says, "Well, that ruins everything. Now the children have seen me with my bunny head off." Um, I don't want to be concern trolling necessarily, but I just I don't think strangers in the park dressed as mascots or characters handing out goodie bags is such a great idea. No. And so if I had my two kids in the park and there was a guy in a bunny costume approaching them, um, excuse me, rest assured, 
the kids wouldn't be close to Mr. Bunny for very long. Um, you know, I, I think it's good that they called the police. You know, I, I'd like to think, and I absolutely do think there are sweet minded people who just want to spread joy. Um, but that's not the way to do it. Um, it's, it's scary. Adults should not approach young children, um, who are not your own in, in that way. Um, so it's, it's partly funny, but, you know, this is also the beginning of a lot of scary movies. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's the right thing that happened. I don't want to take away what may be a very lovely hearted man, um, but not, not a smart thing to do. Okay, and Tamara Cherry, as public characters go, I've always found the Easter Bunny to be terrifying anyway. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't even, I don't even find this partly funny. He should not have been in that park. I, I don't know if there's some other issues going on with this man, but of course somebody called the police. I, you, just everything that Lindsay said. My kids wouldn't be going near an ad hoc Easter bunny who's just, you know, no, not happening. Okay. And Bob Reed, yeah, if, you know, on the 15th of December, some guy showed up at a public park and sat on a park bench and asked kids to come sit on his lap as Santa Claus, I would find that creepy too. Oh, exactly. You know, adult man in a park giving out free candy to kids. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't candy, but still, he's got you know little goodie bags that that he's giving out. And and I'm with Lindsay. I mean, maybe this guy's heart is entirely in the right place. Uh, this is what he said when when he was asked by by reporters about it. Uh, but at the same time, man, no, you just can't do that in this day and age. Wrong. Okay, not a lot of time on the clock, but Maple Leafs toned down their Pride Night because they didn't want to offend and some members of the team who weren't interested in being a part of it. Uh, Bob Reed, I don't know if this reaches the threshold for touchdowns and fumbles, but it's it's just part of a wider pattern where it's all of a sudden Pride Night, instead of catering to, you know, inspiring kids and to welcoming the gay fan club, uh, it's turned into this big political mess. Well, this is this is the trouble when uh, you know when 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 there's a, a player who for whatever reason says no, I'm not comfortable, I'm not going to wear the jersey, or I'm not going to to take part in that. Um, I, I I disagree with it. I, I don't see how it can possibly be a big deal, even if even if you you have uh, some personal feelings to put them aside briefly for the the period that you're being asked to. But at the same time, I mean, no employer really has the right to say this is a corporate value of ours and it is mandatory that you participate in this activity people have to be able to opt out if they so choose and take the lumps that they'll take in the public eye when they do thank you all good to have you today great chat and that's our time but that's okay jerry agar takes over at 905 he'll keep you company right up until vashi takes over at noon then it's reshmi at 2 p.m and jim will be here after the news it's uh, an endless Clydesdale wagon of radio fun. And thanks for being with us this morning. And my thanks to Bob Reed, Tamara Cherry, Lindsay Broadhead on the roundtable, Nick Marano, Joe Cristiano, who put the show together. Meet you back here tomorrow morning. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.